can never be ready, can you? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Brian Weedman, and I'm Xavier Chavez. Thanks to the thanks for joining us at the Gavel Strikes. And uh, you know, I was I was looking at the camera as we were starting this, and I have to say this before we get into anything. I've gone really gray. I've got and, <laughs> and your your beard is like so dark. I just wondered, do you do you use just for men? No, on your beard I did not. Just are you sure? Because you're uh, old. The the funniest thing is that there's certain like this area comes in a little bit red. Uh -huh. It does. Yeah, because of my my but mother's right at camera, so. My God, have I gotten gray? I'm getting old. I can't take it. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Losing least, my hair. At right. least you have some gray. Like it's not completely white yet. Shut up, <laughs> guys. Thanks for joining us. A, a little banter. I was just noticing that huh? just how gray I look on camera. I almost need a makeup person. Well, know, it, not only gray, but you also look a little bit uh, pasty. Is that what it is? Pasty white? <laughs> but nice. that's, what a jerk. Go, go get some sun. <laughs> go get some sun. He says. Well, I live in Texas. You would think that'd be easy. Except I scorch and then probably give me cancer. No, or something. you're just going to be a red lobster. A lobster. Thanks for joining us. We have a great show, actually. Um, you know, in two days. I, you know, I don't well, know. Well, this weekend. Gonna, this weekend. This weekend. Two days. Saturday and Sunday. Three days. Okay, three so, days. Yeah. Uh, there's this really cool auction coming up. Uh, it's a special auction. It's auction 7343. So if you go to ha.com slash 7343, you'll see some great items, some great art, some great comics. I mean, some massively great comics. I have uh, a couple books here from that sale. Uh, you brought a couple pieces of well, art. Right? Just one piece because the other oh, piece the other wasn't one. being previewed. Yeah, they but, didn't get it back to you in time. No, but uh, it's crazy because... Uh, as we know, but not a lot of people know, it's all one owner's collection. It's, it's insane. All everything in that catalog was owned by one collector. And, and so. believe me when I say you should be looking at this sale. There are some all massive right. items, and the first thing I'm going to show, I, and then we'll we'll go back and forth like we normally do, uh, is this more fun. Jeez, uh, oh, fifty-two. It's an <laughs> eight-five. There are only two higher-graded copies. First appearance of the Spectre. This kind of, you know, aside from Superman, this really puts superheroes oh, on the map. That's a big uh, comment. This is a big, big book, and an eight-five, no less. I mean, it's just. I mean, as you can see, the the values at one hundred and fifty thousand. It's one of the highest, if not the highest grade. It's one of the highest grades we've ever had. Uh, I, and this came out of the collection. They, we got this in raw. And this and book came in raw. And the collector is a big Spectre and Doctor Fate fan, so there's going to be a lot of Spectre pieces. Uh, just in Dr. the fact Fate. that that came in raw. Oh, it's is, crazy. It's absolutely unbelievable that there are books that still come in raw that are this big. Uh, as you can see, it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous book. I I just it's the first one I think I've ever held. Well, it's like the action, the rocket action. It was sitting on a shelf wrong. You're right. I mean, it's just <laughs> things, that, it blows my mind that things like that still happen. Yeah, well, uh, and the Promise Collection. The Promise Collection still to the, the, I'll be talking about the Promise Collection until the day I die. Oh, man, I, I guess. Just, nothing will top that in my head. Uh, unless something else comes like that, but it's like the I possibility. I can't imagine. The and, possibility. And having 80% of it being the highest graded, yeah. I can't. No way. So. No way. But anyway, look at how white the back cover is on this. I don't know if you can really see. You can kind of see it. I mean, compare it to some of the white, you know, pages of artwork we have on uh, on uh, the backboard here. It is really a white. I mean, it's white, and, and it says off white to white pages. But that back cover is spectacular. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a back cover that white since the Promise Collection. Absolutely stunning. And then I also brought this is my last book for that that sale, and then he'll do the artwork. Um, Captain America number three in eight 
and this is one of the highest grades uh, that we've ever had in this for this book. Uh, great classic Red Skull cover. Just, I'm just, oh man, do I love this book. And an 8.0. Again, I Woman and Trapped. Uh, just amazing. So, I, Do they consider that bondage? Or? Yeah, yeah. Simon and Kirby, but I mean, they so. wouldn't say bondage on a cover. On the cover. Oh, Bucky's being tied up. Too. Stanley's uh, first a two-page Stanley text story. First work for Timely is in this. Oh, that's a great. That's what a. I that's mean, great. Historically, can you get any better? I, I just, I wow, what a cover, what a cover. So I, those two are coming up. They're going to be in the sale. Um, so I'll be on the podium Saturday and Sunday this weekend. You're going to and, be I'll, phone, be, and I'll be on the phone. Phone so and so. I'll be on the phones, especially with the comic art, which this is one of the pieces. I was going to bring uh, the Showcase 64, but um, that was being viewed recently in-house. So I brought Iron, uh, Invincible Iron Man 16. And uh, again, just a great cover um, from, from the Silver Age of, of Marvel. And again, there's several pieces in this auction. Again, there's incredible Didco Spider-Man piece. There's several covers of the Spectre. There's several Dr. Fate pieces that one collector was like, no wonder nobody can find Dr. Fate pieces out in the open market. This guy had them all. So We, we could have easily done the whole show based on that sale. Oh, yes. That's how good a stuff there is. It, I it, mean, they had the All-Star 58 cover uh, it's, in there. Yes. The, the first Power Girl the first power girl. of all things. So, again, there's great, great pieces in that in that sale, both Amazing. DC and Marvel. There's a bunch of Kirby pieces. Uh, there's a couple Kirby pieces, not, a, not to say a bunch, but there's this really – Nice uh, Thor page by Kirby and Coletta with uh, Thor and the Warriors three. So uh, okay. uh, this sale is is going oh, to it's break gonna, records. Uh, it's going it, to be phenomenal. Be there's a Captain America one. There's a one through three. As a yeah. matter of fact, there's the Weird Tales um, uh, Captain America that everybody wants with the classic Red Skull. Cover. Oh yeah. I mean, there's just books galore, and then you hit the artwork. There's so many covers. I mean, we saw the was it the Freedom Fighters with Wonder Woman on it, and then there's mm -hmm. the Spectre covers, the Showcase covers, the All Star Fifty Eight covers, and some of these DC covers cur currently are under twenty five hundred dollars for a cover. I mean, and some of the splashes are also under twenty five hundred dollars. No way they so. stay that but <laughs> we'll keep see. dreaming <laughs> keep dreaming so uh, so today i brought a couple of different pieces and a couple of uh uh one piece in particular that's going to be in the middle to point out some stuff but i brought a manga page again it's a little bit bat batman like but um manga again they're very prolific they're not like uh united states where they draw 20 22 pages for a comic uh manga is usually like a hundred and something pages per comic and well it, it's sometimes very difficult to find out who is the artist unless they signed it or uh, a manga. You need to know Japanese and stuff like that. But this is one of the pages that we currently have in the auction. And it isn't by uh, a known named artist, which is Koji. And it's under $500. It's a great piece. And the reason I also brought this piece is uh, look at all the detail and the line work on all the panels, the faces, the bar. It, it almost looks uh, under a little bit underground, but uh, again, it, it is a, a manga piece from a, a mysterious mirage story. So. When, I, when I glanced at it, I didn't know it was a, a, a manga piece. I yeah. thought it was underground because I saw the artwork. Yeah. It's, it's very under undergroundish. So, and again, that's again art. The it's a great medium. Uh, there's a lot of art over there that we uh, uh, as Westerners don't don't know about, and uh, again. We mostly know about Lone Wolf and Cub, Samurai Executioner, 
uh, and stuff like that. But there's a lot of good um, artwork over there. I particularly was bidding on one piece in the animation auction that was a Lupin the Third, and it was maybe or maybe not Monkey Punch, which is the guy that actually created Lupin. So, and that uh, I I believe somebody really thought it was because that went way more than anybody expected it to go. Even I, and I was gonna bid. I bid it up to five grand, and it ended up in ten. So it wow. is. It was a it was a good piece. So uh, here is a, another piece of Swamp Thing by Dan Jurgens um, and Kim the Mueller. Jan, I'm um, sorry, not Dan Jurgens. Uh, Jan Deserma and um, and Kim the Mueller. Uh, again, uh, a newer Swamp Thing piece, but a uh, uh, piece under five hundred dollars still, and great images of Swamp Thing with Abby. Great line work on Swamp Thing, and again. Uh, Jan is very famous for her X-Men stuff and other stuff. She's been very prolific in the um, in the comic book world. Kim DeMuller was also a very big uh, Daredevil artist. She inked uh, David Mazzelli and stuff like that. So very two really good artists doing a DC. And again, great images of Swamp Thing with Abby. And, and just a nice piece to have on your wall. So <clears throat> here we have... Uh, a Tokyo Seth Fisher piece, and I brought this along because, again, uh, uh, as Seth Fisher fans would know, he passed away young in his career, and he did uh, this. He did a couple of uh, Batman uh, stories, and he had this very stylized Clara uh, Linea or clear line art style where you see very, like, Again, very clear, very cartoony sometimes, but a very stylized art, and uh, again, he was Great uh, artist, uh, taken too young, and this piece is uh, again under five hundred dollars. I think it's even cheaper than that. And his uh, his artwork from his estate sells quite expensive, so it's a nice opportunity to get something that usually doesn't come out if you're a really big Seth Fisher fan. So <clears throat> here we have a Perez Perez piece, which is uh, again a newer artist. I uh, found him uh, while reading X-Men. Uh, he did uh, the Jonathan Hickman storyline when they relaunched everything. This is a great piece with uh, Lady Bullseye fighting um, Spider-Woman from the Spider-Woman 13 story. And again, it's all him, uh, a piece under $250, and it's got great action with uh, two, uh, two female, again, a, a hero and a villain uh, fighting. Uh, just a great piece on, well, action piece on your wall, so... And a newer artist that um, is being um, related to uh, like the new Jim Lee of today and uh, other other prolific artists of the 80s and 90s. So you mean when they revamped X-Men again? Again, <laughs> about five years For like ago. like the 25th time yes. or something like that. So this piece I bought brought uh, again because it's also um, a newer artist and it's a double page uh, spread splash from uh, Justice, uh, Justice League of America, uh, issue 60. And it's, again, great piece with the whole Justice League here and another Justice League uh, of heroes uh, beaten down here. So, again, a pencil piece, which I'm not too fond of uh, usually. I was going to say. <laughs> I have beat you to it. So, But under $500 for a double-page splash from main title Justice League series, uh, issue 60, and a great, great pencil work. Full pencils also not... Uh, little X marks for where the digital um, anchor comes in and just fills it in with black. He did full pencils on this piece. Uh, 
and again, great team shots. So nice piece to have on your wall again, art for art's sake, and it's a published piece. So I, I fully believe that it would be spectacular inked, but that's amazing. <laughs> again, I love when they the do pencil pieces, when they do incredible. full pencils like that, I, I I honestly think it's better also because. Again, if you look at Kirby pencils, it was like that. Today they have so deep. They have a, a big thing about just putting X's on the on the places where it, like that, like this brick, for example, this huge pillar. It would have just had an X because mm -hmm. it would just been black. So, but uh, the different shadings again really help. So, right. I brought this piece. And this is the piece that I kind of wanted to point out some things and and having a teaching moment actually. So. This piece, Xavier, uh, with a teaching moment, is that even possible? This piece was originally uh, done by Adam Hughes uh, as the piece to the cover of the Catwoman uh, series. But there is again a lot of um, inkers or other artists, especially at conventions and stuff like that, where you can take a piece, um, the outline of it or the pencils of it uh, as a copy, and they will ink in their style over the piece. Um, it's, it, it has happened a, a couple times. I knew a client that did, had this Frank Cho jungle girl piece and he, it was pencils. So he would take it to every convention, copies of it, of course, and have the different artists at that convention, inkers or, and or artists do their own inking style on it. Now you have a hundred, he has probably 50 pieces of the same image, image done by 50 different artists or in their style, but it is the same image and a lot of them are very similar. Um, you, again, when you're buying uh, an original art piece, sometimes you have to do your own background. We do a very good job of describing it as, as it's supposed to be, but sometimes if you're buying it privately or you're buying it at a convention, you really have to look at, because it is signed as Adam Hughes would sign it on the piece, but it's not, it hasn't, Adam Hughes had nothing to do with this piece except that he originally drew it and a copy of it was made, and then Martin in 2013 inked it for his uh, in his style. So like this that. is only an inked. This is only an inked the, piece. A copy of the original. Correct. Pieces. So okay. Adam Hughes had nothing to do. Again, it looks very much like the Adam Hughes piece. Again, Martin was very good at doing it true to the piece. And again, there's a I think it's Bruce McCormick, or also does a lot of Silver Age recreations, but. Those you can obviously tell that they're recreations and he signs them on the back. Um, uh, normal, uh, usually when they're doing this, they'll put after uh, Adam Hughes or something like that. But in this particular piece, they put and Martin, so. Now what would happen if the original inker did that? Would it increase the value of the piece because the original inker did it along? Again, Adam Hughes is the original inker. He would have done, okay. done the whole piece himself, so. Gotcha. So that's why. So he wouldn't have penciled it and then inked, or he did pencil, pencil and, and then, then he inked. Yes, it. correct. Okay, gotcha. So he he does. He's not a person that usually. I don't. I've personally never seen a piece that he had somebody else uh, do it. If it was a published piece, gotcha. an inking or anything like but that. But let's say let's say it was some. Let's say it's a Jim Lee, you know, mm -hmm. Lee and Williams, you know, sort of, you know, situation. Would it be? better to have the inker who originally inked it then create a copy for themselves? Would that make it any more, you know, valuable with, um, like you're saying, even though it's a reproduction later on? Are you saying like, cause there's certain artists like Tom Palmer back in the day used to take, uh, the pencils and light box it. So there's pencils of certain covers that still exist and the final production cover, which Palmer inked, which was used for production. 
Um, uh, there's certain uh, new artists like Paulo Rivera that he has his pencils and then he'll scan them to his dad. His dad will print them out again and then his dad will ink them. Well, that's kind of original. what I'm talking about. So in the case of this, he did his own thing, right? Yes. But a lot of people do the inking digitally now. Some right? people do, Some but people do. like, for but example, what you... if that inker then created a hard copy of that, like your friend going around to different people, would it be better that he did his own? Because you couldn't, re you it couldn't would... reproduce it exactly regardless, you know. It would be, it would be better if the actual penciler uh, inked the piece and then you have a separate piece. You don't, you kind of never want to really touch the original. Right. That ha That is particularly happening in one of our signature pieces in the next sale, which um it's a bagley spider uh venom cover and uh unfortunately uh, unfortunately for some people unfortunately for other people um the cover was taken and then inked by matt banning after the fact in a convention it looks amazing um but for some collectors that, that's gonna hurt that value, hurt the value for, for sure. other collectors that's the cover like it is what it is that's what happened to it if you want the cover and it's a great image of venom attacking spider-man so and it is the number one cover so it, it is what it is now so and if you wanted that it, that's how it comes it's just like the cut like the previous conversation with the colorist right. coloring and the right. pieces and stuff like that so how bad do you want it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um here's another and, and as again it's great when they because most artists will put like here it says recreation by gary martin so <clears throat> most good and up and up artists will do that so uh um, they don't want to get in trouble for copyright either you know what I sometimes mean? yeah well uh, so here's another piece in in the current weekly auction as well it's not in the sign it's not in that signature um it's a uh, greg la roca and uh, jose marsan uh, flash cover um flash 65 from uh, uh if i'm not mistaken the 90s yeah the 90 and um, this one again, it was under $500. It's still under a thousand dollars and it's under a thousand dollars. And again, it's a flash cover from, uh, that uh, time period of, of the flash and, and the whole family here, um, back here, you have the flash and coming through time. So it's just a great piece and under a thousand dollars for a DC published cover is you can't really go wrong with that. So. <clears throat> Next I have, uh, I have a friend who says that the I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. No, no, I have fine. a friend who says the Flash is if he's watching, which I know he's not, <laughs> but I can say this anyway. He says the Flash is the most powerful super super being. You know, can beat anybody, no matter what it is, including Superman. You know, at any time whatsoever, he's the most powerful at all times. And I just, I can't, I can't. Well, I, can't. Just, I just can't. He has to be. That's one of the things in the Flash. Like when you see the superheroes, this is like he has to be particularly. Like he has to be the fastest man on earth because Superman can't really have to be able to beat him. I mean, if Superman beats him, then what is the purpose of the Flash? Like, well, um, good question because I asked that question anyway. <laughs> well, one of the best storylines is um, I don't remember where it was. It might have been an Elseworld where um, uh, Flash was running away from Superman, and uh, they were doing the whole series where it's almost like the race. Mm -hmm and and then flash goes to superman and i don't remember what story it was but he passed he, flash passes him and he goes remember i'm the fastest you know you, you're not going to be able to get catch me and then superman jumps up in front of him and grabs him and he goes those were for 
those races were for charity, Barry. And just, <laughs> and just, I don't know, I was just like, oh man. So it's just like, so if he is faster, it's just like, then what, what is the flash all about? Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, never been a fan. So, no, so I've I, been, I've always, a, I've a never fan been able flash. to figure out how he got his little costume and into the little thing. The, no, it's the ring. Never, it was there, the ring. It it's the even, ring, it's yeah. even smaller. So. Oh, I, I always enjoyed the flash and it's just no. like, and he, he's one of those characters that can time travel. So I always like time travel uh, in the new DC legends. I love that. He um, can time thing. travel and up, yeah. opens up a lot of possibilities. Yes. I, I agree with that, but yes. so can green lantern. So can, so can, no, uh, they can time travel. Yes, no. yes, they can. No. Absolutely. He can actually just run like he, so Superman can do the whole thing. Can, can time but, travel. Nah. So can the, the Justice Society has been time traveling for I don't know since Adventure Two Forty Seven. That is a great book, Frankie. It's just like oh man, that line. There's certain lines where they'll open up, and I'll always remember them. It's just like the the DC video game where the first page of the comic book is um, Batman's over Gotham, and he's like, Gotham City is quiet. It's a dream come true. There's no crime, but he goes, it's perversion of my dream. And he says, our world is now ruled by the iron fist of a man of steel. And I was just like, it's like those those lines that give you chills. They and it's get, just like, yeah, they, give you, they catch you at the beginning. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, I just, it's, uh, it's just every time I see a Flash thing, I start arguing with my buddy in my head. I'm like, no, he's not the strongest. It's for dads. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, Green Lantern can create kryptonite with his mind and kill Superman. He's the most no, powerful. I don't know about that. He can. They even did it on a cover in uh, DC Comics Presents 26. <laughs> My my idea came to life. It's all a matter of willpower. He's the strongest. Sorry. <laughs> so here we have a uh, John Buscema uh, Savage sort of Conan piece, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, particularly not only because this is under five hundred dollars and it's John Buscema, all John Buscema, but look at the line work, especially in this last panel where the man turns around as a beast. I mean, it's just this is like to me if you want a John Buscema piece artistically. And especially Conan, since he was so prolific. I mean, especially this last panel, I mean, does it for me. And it's exactly work. what Xavier looks like in the morning <laughs> in the mor when he comes in. <laughs> he does not like mornings. I mean, I don't like mornings, but he really doesn't like mornings. So yes. when it comes down to it, X looks exactly like that at about 10 a.m., just saying. It takes about an hour for me to normalize. <laughs> so, but again, great piece, great action. Conan, pretty much in every panel except the last one. But the last one, again, that image is worth not having Conan in it. So um, just a beautiful piece. And it's PC uh, And it's under 500 bucks. I'm shocked. So this piece I brought because, again, I love the line work. I love the shadowing here. It's almost like Mike Kaluta, but it's uh, Tim Conrad. And I bought this piece because it's the splash page. You saying that you bought. Brought. You buy, no, no, I brought. Did you buy that No, one I wish I brought bought it but this we have the whole story up page by page in the weekly uh if i'm not mistaken it's i think it's eight page story and it has a, a great babe throughout the whole story because it's a love story and it's a, a kind of an alien woman and it's just great the whole way through even the twist at the end is it's it, it's it's a nice story and and hopefully somebody goes real hard on it and gets every page but this actually was the more expensive page, and it was under $500. I think he, each other page is actually under $100. So, again, great piece for art, and it's on, it's on hard board. So, 
I always like when they do that, yeah. but at the same time, it, it weirds me out because I'm like, wait, it's not supposed to be that stiff. It's yeah. supposed to be a little, you know. So, but again, great use of Zipatone and all, all uh, like line work. Great, beautiful piece. A Zipatone almost looks so realistic. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. So, actually, actually, it's not Zipatone. He not. used uh, he. This is uh, no, it's not Crescent either. He did an effect there that's very interesting. Yeah. Oh no, he did. Oh wow, that's he did use Zipatone, but it's very, it's very, very thinly cut. Right. It's very well positioned. It's amazing. Again, it's even better now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great piece. That that he really went all out on that. He was a, uh, I guess, uh, showing off his chops on that one. Um, uh, here we have. I brought this one because it's a painted piece, uh, and it's a great uh, Wonder Man piece, uh, the Tales of the Marvel Universe or Tales of the Marvels, uh, the Wonder Years. And again, I, I brought this piece again, not only because it's painted and it's a beautiful piece, also the paneling. Uh, I think sometimes that I'll buy a piece uh, depending on how the panels work out and if it's gonna it's gonna look right on my wall. And it's, it, it almost is like a movie, a storyboard where it's right. going, where she's dreaming and then she takes off the glasses and actually she wakes up and she has the glasses. So is, was she dreaming or was it ha really happening? So it's just like, it's again, a beautiful piece, you, great use of watercolors, uh, again, done by a master. So, and I, I don't remember, is it still under 500 bucks? <laughs> it's still under 500, it's still under $250. So again, great piece to have on your wall again, i actually really like yeah. that i don't know what there is about that piece but it's beautiful again I, I think it has a lot to do with the paneling as much I agree. Uh, as well I so so here's the second to last piece and i brought this along um it's not published it's actually an unpublished piece but it's an unpublished golden age green lantern page which i think is insane it was under a thousand dollars um now it's a little bit over but it's uh infantino and sax uh green lantern and green lantern is pretty much in four of the six panels and uh the villain is in in two of them um or three of them actually three four and again just a great piece from the golden age a lot of this stuff didn't survive so just to have an example and to have an example again under a thousand dollars worth or a thousand fifty is just it is just a great piece or example in your collection, especially in early Infantino and um, just just a marvelous piece. Twice apart, doesn't get any better. So You and I continually cry about how much was lost oh. and thrown away, lost, uh, you know, especially things like L.B. Cole. Of, oh, we could find L.B. Cole's stash because it doesn't exist. We've never well, seen it. Well, it it's because it lost in a flood from what I what I was told. And I mean, can you imagine all as many covers as L.B. Cole did? And then he did interiors and then he did all this stuff. Oh, my God. All the L.B. Cole stuff. It all depended on the artist because, again, Fred Gurdier, uh, I always murder everybody's name. I apologize. But uh, Fred, which was a golden age artist, uh, he kept his covers, so those exist. Whereas Bob Kane, right. he thought it was uh, a job, so he was like, "Oh, do whatever you want with it." Like, I right. don't care. So, and that's kind of it's a it's a sad thing because, like the Fred, like the detective cover that we had, um, the twenty six. Mm. It's a great cover, but it's everybody wants Batman. Right. So. <laughs> right. Can you imagine if the 27 showed up? Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Well, but the, that's the thing. It's just like, 
you would think that it would have been out there because it was like a big deal or something. Well, but it but wasn't really because at the same they, time, you know, so. people were they were looked down on as comic artists, comic book artists yeah. for the longest, longest time. You so know, that's what's sad. And I, I brought this one along, which is the last piece because it's a comic strip. So I've been bringing in at least one comic strip a day. And uh, as you can see, it was rolled. But um, was it? I never would have known. <laughs> but it, uh, I brought this again. It, is more because of the line work and the shadowing. Look at this area right here. And again, cartoony style, but a uh, perfect piece. Th these don't come up often. And um, this is a very large piece. It's a very large piece Prince as well. Size piece. Uh, I think Prince Valiant is a little bit bigger. Probably, yeah. but. But it is big. And uh, again, great line work, great funny cartooning from that time period. Look at the checkered pants. Again, this area, I love the shadowing for it and stuff like that. So. Just a great piece, and I think this was under two hundred and fifty dollars as well. So, and strip art, oh, it's again, it's, it's still under five hundred dollars, but it went up a little bit. And again, strip art from this time period is it comes around, but it doesn't come around often, and especially these more obscure uh, strips. So, just a great piece to have uh, on your wall is an impressive. Oh, look at this piece. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really large. And there's a, there's two of these in the in the auction, but I picked this one be, cops too. because of the because particularly because of this shadowing right here. So, yeah. That's so. exactly how the Keystone Cops used to be depicted. <laughs> so I'll put this one over here, and I'll display. How about we display? Oh, something on the back of that one. That's cool. Yeah, there's uh, every once in a while you get lucky and. You'll have a little drawing on the back where they were trying out stuff. And this is Infantino, so that's Infantino pencil there. Yeah. So. so Always I'll, worse things to have, a little bonus. I'll leave this one displayed that's there so since cool. it's the signature piece. Well, one of the pieces in the signature auction that's going to be this weekend. So. So, uh, on to <laughs> what Weedman would want. Once. However, I'm doing the the uh my version of the history part first uh and that comes up with this lot of uh god i don't even know what what number that this looks is. like a remainder it's, it is a remainder yeah oh, so okay. number 16. that's kind of why i bought it they or brought it they were really nice with that remainder yeah <laughs> so number 16 uh is a remainder copy it doesn't even have a back cover but i brought this to kind of show you what a remaindered copy was um a lot of you may not know that Back in the day, the or the uh, newsstand people, this was a periodical, so if they didn't sell it, they could actually send it back uh, for, to their company for a full refund. Okay, uh, full, I, the, I think it was partial refund. You know, I think it was full. Okay, uh, they would have to tear off the top one third of yes. the book and then send that back as proof. The title. Uh, now, shady so. clients or shady uh, newsstand people would tear off the top third like this and then sell this for a reduced price, like a penny, two pennies. Or five cents. Or not <laughs> yeah. even, because the books were 10 cents. So they would, yeah, they would do it a really reduced because the title logo was missing uh, and then make their 10 cents back or whatever they were char being charged by the by the company Publishers. and then be able to make a penny off of what they still had. Now that was illegal to do by the way, but we, you know, still in, in this day and age, we still run across 
warehouse for manured copies. Um, now, back, you know, back 25 years ago, these were worth nothing. I mean, absolutely Zippo nothing. Uh, now they actually have value to them. Uh, this one has been restapled. All the stories, stories have been, stapled, have been together. stapled together. There's no, there's no real form to this. But I, I really just wanted to show you what kind of a remaindered copy looks like and what we see and why we know that they exist. Uh, and so um, that's that. That's kind of. I'm more surprised that all this is broken up by, by uh, story that's and title funny. and restapled by themselves. But, well, speaking of remaindered and the way that they would do that. Uh, uh, from what I understand, the reason that they um, they did the direct and newsstand editions is because comic book stores got into um, partnerships with 7-Elevens and other distri mm -hmm. distributions like that where they could return their copies, right. whereas comic book stores couldn't return their right. copies. So they would go and to the 7-Eleven and be like, okay, um, I'll split this with you, just return them so I get mm -hmm. to have some of my money back and keep my comic book store either right. open or whatever. So. Right. And so. and so, you know, comic book stores are very different than a newsstand. <laughs> yep. uh, they they buy in higher quantities, but they're stuck with the bill. Whatever they're stuck with, if they don't sell, they're stuck with. Yep. Uh, you know, whereas newsstands, even to this day, I think, you know, if they don't sell copies, they can somehow get a, get a you know, some sort of their money back. I don't I, know about. I th you know. I think like a like if you're buy, selling it to Walmart or Target, I know that bookstores can do the same thing. They rip off, they pretty much rip off the front cover of the book. Mm -hmm. They recycle they the rest of the book, that, yeah. and they send the cover up for um, uh, refund. Right, yeah. Especially with books, if you see that the t cover is missing, it's yeah. illegal to own this copy. It's illegal to have it. It's illegal to sell it because yeah. that it, it's against the contract of whatever is what is negotiated Ooh, yeah. with them. So I uh, just thought you'd like to see that, uh, what a remaindered copy really looks like if you haven't seen it or why it becomes like that. Um, but yeah, still. Uh, brought a Jungle Comics number two. Uh, it's not very common to see Jungle and Jumbo <coughs> early, early ones from Fiction House. The Jumbo comics are really funny because the first eight of them really are Jumbo. They're oversized. Yep. They're treasury size. Very, very, very hard to find. I've owned and a number three in my lifetime, but I've never really seen the rest. I've seen a one. I've seen a, you know, like an eight. I actually saw one through eight at one point, but everything was, every single book was missing a centerfold or, or missing something. a page or is missing something. Again, it's um, very difficult to find them completely. Beyond, you know, in the Gerber, they're rated like all eights or nines. They're very, very hard to find. Uh, but it, the early jungles are no slouch either, even though they're normal size. Uh, this one has tape all the way down the spine. Uh, it looks like it has extra staples in it too, but still it's a beautiful copy. Uh, you know, again, this is very early. It says $24, but the, but the sale just started yesterday. So yeah. uh, that's not a surprise. Uh, but I've always been um, fascinated with Fiction House books, Planet Comics. We've talked oh, yeah. about this in the past, how much you like Planet. I agree. It would be one of those runs that I would love. But this nice, it's a lower grade, but beautiful raw copy is in the sale. Um, I brought a couple of raw books today. I, and then this also is something that we come across. This is like the, that pink. Uh, so this is what oh, we call. Oh, yeah, I know you should have said something about that. This yeah. is what we call color bleed. So That's from the inside reds. Yeah, mm -hmm. so this will actually, you'll see it. Be, Fox books themselves be do pink. a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a particular uh, Batman. So there was pink was used or red was used a lot in these, in these early. Batman has a cover that I remember that he's like on a boat with Robin. 
that has a lot of pink hues on it. Mm -hmm. That'll happen to it a lot as well. Yeah, so. it's because the sizing wasn't very good. So when I say sizing, I mean color gloss. Uh, and so when you size the, when you put the, the printing process, seals the ink in. Yeah. Uh, and on the inside, it's not a, it's not size. It's printed on newspaper. I mean, you can take silly putty and, and pull the colors out, um, but you can't really do that with the covers as much because that's sealed in. Uh, and so the colors from the inside and the newspaper print will bleed into the colors. And if it's sized just a little bit less, it'll, it'll actually get into the cover. Not much you can do. It's, it's there for life, yeah. but uh, it doesn't harm the grade. It's, it's something that they knew about and it's considered. We're not, a, we're not a baseball or sports community where they're psychotic and <laughs> grade over the littlest things that nobody has control over, including the centering and the, you know. Printing imperfections. Printing imperfections. Little dots, you know, the little dot. That's, that's the variant. That's the yellow dot variant. That's the yellow dot variant. I call it the black <laughs> dot variant, yeah. But that's actually considered against the grade, whereas our stuff isn't, which is why I really like the comic community, you know, stuff yeah. is if it's printed. Now, I'm not a big fan of, Shipping. <laughs> Shipping, on the other hand, I'm not a fan of. I understand, you know, why they do that. But Marvel chipping, that to me, yeah, I don't. It only happens on those first early books, which are, are the on best. a lot of first early books that are very valuable. Yeah, very valuable. But there are also books that don't have them. And there yeah. are also books that have it. You can see where it's cracked and, and everything and hasn't chipped away. Yeah. And I, I just yeah, keep your books nice, <laughs> young kids, and then we'll talk about it. I brought this flash, Gordon. I have been saying uh, this is a uh, 1950s. This is a Harvey um, uh, book. I've been saying now for years that Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon will have a reboot at some point. I mean, at this point, you know, you would think, I mean, look at how uh, it's a Harvey book. A lot of people hem and haw over Harvey books. They have great, they have great horror books, um, you know, but Harvey then went its way of, of funny animal and things like that because they, Richie Rich, they had to survive the comic code in the fifties. Uh, so they had to change and adapt. Uh, but I mean, you've got Flash Gordon, you've got Dale Arden, she's, you know, uh, under a drill, you know, a bondage cover. I mean, I'm not saying the story is great, but I'm not <laughs> reading it anyway. I, I only care about the covers pretty much at this point. You know, I, I read Marvel in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of things going to grading, but is there a summary description of what is counted in the grading? Yeah, grab an Overstreet Price Guide. Overstreet Price Guide has breaks everything, it breaks it down little by little. Uh, Jeremy, thank you for the question. Sorry to interrupt what I was saying, guys. I'll get right back to it, but this is a really important question. The Overstreet Price Guide, you can get it on Amazon. You can actually get it on their website now, um, but it has all the grading definitions. That's basically what we go by. At the beginning of the Overstreet, there's a grading definition, but also Overstreet has produced, uh, and I think they're in the third version or the second version, and it's a colored one where it's a picture grading. So right. you can buy this book, and it'll show you examples of each grade right. and um, what is wrong with it. They'll point to it like uh, crease with color break, piece missing and stuff like that. And it'll show you the grade for it. So and then and then uh, CGC and Matt Nelson just came out with a book. Yes, they have a book now that has gone into how they grade things, what their grading definitions are. Uh, so you can actually find that, too. So if you look for I don't know exactly what it's called, but Matt Nelson wrote it. So and you can uh, also you can also go on YouTube and the CGC has videos on because uh, one of the last videos I remember was 
rusting staples and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So they'll explain a lot of stuff. Yeah. So there, there are, there are avenues for you to look at. And it's very important because as you said, there are a lot of things that go into yeah. grading. In fact, there are a ton of things that go into grading. I, I mean, I can look at a book, you know, I can take this book and you can too, right? And we can go, okay, front, back, this is a four. You know, it might be a three five, but it's a four. And that, uh, and that's the other thing. All four, all VGs are all. They're fives. not all equal. They're not all equal. <laughs> Every book so. is different. But I can actually look at that and tell you right away. Yeah. Uh, you can look at it and tell right away. But that's because we've seen hundreds of thousands of books. Millions at this point. At this point, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I've done the math. If I do two hundred to three hundred books a day. Uh, and I've done, you know, that's 2,100 or 1,500 a week, and you've just kind of been doing it for six years, and I've done a lot of books. Yep. You've done a lot of books. It just is what it is. Um, so it, it's kind of like poker. The more hands you see, the more the better you play. The more books you, you have in your hands, the better you grade. So Speaking but, of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers re, uh, reboot, since they're both the same, right. which one would you want? Oh, Flash see? Gordon, Mike. Far. Flash Gordon? By far. Well, what's Flash wrong with Gordon. Buck Rogers? He's okay, but I couldn't stand the robot. Oh, that's that's a great selling point. Everybody no. loves robots. No, I Flash Gordon all day long. Way more fantasy, way more. And I love. I thought Ming was the best bad guy. Loved he's him. he's just over the top. I loved him. I he's he was like, always trying he's to like get Khan. the girl. He was always he's trying like to Khan. get the girl and trying to get Dale. And I always thought she was gorgeous. I mean, just I love Flash that's Gordon. Funny. I've always liked. Always liked them. So it's like basically Submariner and Reed Richards trying to take uh, Sue Storm. Yeah. <laughs> Except that they came up with the idea first. <laughs> but by like 40 years. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flash Gordon all day long. So uh, I brought these two books because these are books that you just never see. You want to hold I brought two Moon Girls. Uh, these and these are, are ECs. These yeah. are ECs. These, this is the way you never see these. Typically, when you see the ECs, they're they're um, you know every once in a while you see Moon Girl, but most of them are are all the horror genre, Tales from the Crypt, and you've got you know um, Haunt of Fear, things like that. But these Moon Girls are rare, or are uh, much rarer. Uh, they don't come about even in the collections that much. So when you see them, you want to get them. Uh, as you can see, some one has a $56 bid, one has an $11 bid. That's because the people who are bidding on them know that these are rare, very, very uncommon books. But, and, you know, and these might go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But, you know, you may ask, hey, why didn't you guys send these out for grading? And the answer is pretty simple. They're going to sell just as well um, in the shape they're in without having been put in the CGC case. And spending um, more more fees to right. define. So, I mean, our job is to figure out what's going to sell just as well. And, uh, and if there's a cutoff at some point, that might be $500, it might be $300. Yeah. But if we think it's going to sell just as well, the way it is, then we're going to leave it alone. We and, don't want you to get fees if you don't need it. And a lot when and the genre that we mostly do that for is EC comics and horror comics because we right. know that the bidders are going to buy them anyway. So. Right. And, and Marvel, you know, actually Silver Age has really started to get that way yeah. uh, lately. We've been sending less and less out in the three to five hundred dollar yeah, Anything under five. Because it's going to take months. <laughs> nine months for us to get it back. So unless it's going to upgrade dramatically and, and thereby increase the price. Yeah. Or uh, it, it's going to have a high price, high value to it to begin with. We're kind of leaving it alone a little bit more uh, because it's taking so long. Yeah. So uh, I brought Forever People One. Uh, do you know what's so big about this? 
Forever don't, People yeah, One. Forever People One. Don't look at that. Do you know what's about ah, this? I don't remember. This is the first Dark Side. I don't care. Don't no, give me, that's no, not. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. That, that was a trick first, question. This is actually their first Dark uh, Side. Don't Jimmy Olsen, Superboy. Do you know what? No, it's Superboy. Not. It's uh, Superman's pal. Nobody even cares. Superman's about. pal. No. Jimmy Olsen. No. Absolutely. This is the first full appearance of Dark Side. Uh, he had two real small cameos. And I mean so small, you couldn't even fit him on the the head of a pin uh and uh so this is actually in my opinion the first ap appearance of dark side but that's the reason this book has gone up so much everybody agrees with me okay incredible hulk 180 yeah that too <laughs> that too if that ever happens oh my god uh, i i'm telling you right now amazing spider-man 299 is the first venom he he is in the. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not even get there. I don't, I'm not even. Gonna, I have to be careful because we do. You know, we do have to be careful because we do affect the market a little bit when we open our mouth. But Amazing Spider-Man two ninety nine. Read the book and read the last page and the last five panels, and that is all affecting everything. That is not a cameo. That is bad right there. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Marvel Comics, number 20. Great book in this week. Nice war cover. Uh, this is the, it looks like the Pacific War, even though it's really, I mean, it's actually not the Pacific War. It's Germany and, and the Atlantic War. Um, and he looks normal this size. Is a, this is a, and he's normal size. <laughs> I, I, I had I did this. I had to write the newsletter, was it last week or the week before? Yeah. Last week. Oh, we, during, I think we right mentioned before, it. Right before. We mentioned it. Yeah, he's pushing on the carrier. He's normal size yeah. here. He's fighting normal size. I don't know. He didn't drink his Alice in Wonderland drink me to grow to. <laughs> no, he was in the bathtub, remember? Bathtub. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, the bathtub. So um, brought this Marvel Comics. This is a great book. I mean, another war book. Um, I had somebody contact me earlier today, and he was talking about, or he had had one book, and it was all, it was a war book, and I went, please have 800 more of those, you know, <laughs> because it'll be a great collection, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately, the one book is only worth a few hundred dollars, oh darn, uh, but you've got, if you have 800 more of those, you better let me know right now, I'll be on a plane tomorrow. Uh, that's that's, that's what happens. I mean, we we actually jump yeah. on planes as fast as we can when we see these cl specific collections. When we see, yeah, a collection that's that's worth it. Worth right? it. And, and eight hundred Golden Age books would do it. Yeah. I like the Strange Worlds. Here's your robot cover. There so we go. It's a great robots. robot cover. Everybody loves robots. Um, and he's not a dopey robot either. He's menacing he's, robot. He's a menacing robot. <laughs> and uh, this is Strange Worlds. I used to have a reprint of one of these Strange Worlds, but these Strange Worlds are really cool by themselves. They're the Avons. Uh, Avon was a really cool publisher. They just kind of spit out one one, one shot times. Uh, robot Men, um, Robot Men or Lost Worlds or something like that. Robot Men from whatever planets. Planet um, X. Planet yeah. X. Yeah, okay. there's some stuff like that. So there's some great ones. The Metal um, Murderer. That's fine. You've got some great, great Avon one-shots that are some of these really spectacular signs. Uh, Earthmen from Venus, I think, is one of them or something like that. Or <clears throat> Just great sci-fi covers. They did a really good job on them. Um, and the last thing I brought, uh, and this is, you know, everybody wants an Iron Man, first appearance of Iron Man. This is a coverless Iron Man, uh, Tales of Suspense 39. Uh, everybody wants an Iron Man, uh, you know, TOS 39. This is a coverless. Now, I would, this is kind of what I was going back to saying with the remaindered copies. It used to be this was worthless. This is a 500 to $1,000 yep. 
book now coverless. It's it's absolutely incredible to me. 25 years ago, we were throwing these away, and now they're worth so much money that you just can't even, well, can't even understand. Incredible Hulk 181 when the coupons cut. Like, yeah. It was I mean, worthless. It was worthless. <laughs> it's just, now, it's, now it's worth money. I, and I've never, I'll never forget the first day that it was like, yeah, we got this Incredible Hulk, but the coupons cut. And it's like, how much is it? And it was like, 150 bucks. It's like, I'll take it. I was like, I can't believe I sold this for 150 yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. And and so now you can't really discount coverless books. You have to look through them uh, and figure out if they have any value or yep. not. Because some of them are so hard to get, like especially in the Golden Age. I'll oh. never forget, Lon gave me this stack of Golden Age coverless, just worthless. And there was a more fun, what's 78, the first uh, Aquaman uh, Green and, Arrow uh, in there. And I I looked it up as a $5,000 book, just coverless. Well, I couldn't it, believe it. Like Spider, I mean, Superman 1. Uh, yeah. The oh, Action that's 1. Amazing. It's crazy what those will go for it, it, without a cover. It's crazy what the pages will go for. Right. So but, so that's, I'm, that's why I brought them. So... Don't discount some of that stuff. No, not at some all. Great items, but never, never throw, never throw away coverless books. Now, I guess I well, just key at least key, key coverless cover. books. You just never yeah. know what they're going to do. So, but you got anything? Any any questions out there? Yeah. And. In Comic YouTube land. land, and you know, look, love the info, great talk, and phenomenal books. Uh, splashes. Thanks. We thanks, we really thanks for you know. Uh, a shout out to all you guys okay. to, for watching our stupidity. Thanks, Jeremy. We like, yeah. we like uh, doing this. And yeah, I know um, we like talking. I love talking about art and, and again, telling telling you what you should look out for or what you should learn. So I like I, I, and, and I, I would do the artwork, but I kind of leave it to him because I'm just more in the collecting phase of so. it. And, you know, he teaches me more about artwork than I could ever hope to dream. And hopefully I tell I teach him every once in a while about comics. Yeah. He doesn't know anything about comics. <laughs> don't you don't you be fooled so but uh you know that's what we're here for any questions guys we we love to hear them and love to see you guys join us we do appreciate it greatly. Uh, yeah, again um we will be back two weeks what's today the seventh so it'd be right before christmas is it right it'll before be christmas the week before christmas it'd be like the 21st today's the seventh so it'll be the 21st it'll be right before christmas yeah. So that'll be our show. We'll do a Christmas show. No, we won't. <laughs> no, we won't. I'm the biggest Scrooge you'll ever meet. So we'll do a nice Warburg Christmas Trust show. Trust would love to have a show about Atlas 1975 comics. You know, uh, that's really hard because when we get those, they're in group lots. However, that being said, I I have always said, uh, you know, I have a buddy who has said um something about he's always he has a really high collection of high value collection no of those high grades um they're really not that high value but there are some great artwork stories yeah well a lot of books artists. they're just not worth anything a lot of artists so, a lot of good artists did those so one of the reasons we don't bring things like that is because we would have to dig through countless and countless boxes trying to find them uh but you are correct there are some great books in the 1970s especially of those that atlas title especially um, artwork wise I right mean, you had a lot of really good artists coming out of that I mean, time we don't so. even see the artwork for that stuff mm -hmm. i i can't even remember if the last time i've ever seen a piece of art from that we get a every once in a while a page or two but not like covers or anything like that so uh, we have a question from uh, Susan Schomburg. What public institutions would you like to see the Alex Schomburg Business Archives placed in? Uh, business Archive. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, public um, institution would probably be, if it's Business Archives, like letters, 
Uh, I mean, the Library of Congress would probably be the best one. That's where or the, the, or the Smithsonian or the Smithsonian. But the Library of Congress actually has the Amazing Fantasy 15 story, the original art. To no, it. the Smithsonian does. No, I think it's the Library of Congress. Are you sure? I think so, because you can actually go and make an appointment and go see it. So. I thought it was the Smithsonian. So, I was told the Smithsonian. Um, but if not the Library of Congress, then the the other institution would be the Smithsonian. Yeah. But for documents and stuff like that, where it's writing, I think the Library of Congress has a better archival place for it. So, um, not to say that they would display it as much. Um, some of the comic book artists, like um, Bill Watterson, that created Calvin and Hobbes and uh, Milton Kniff, they donated their stuff to right. their alma maters, their which is why it's universities. so so hard to get Watterson well, and, and Kniff stuff. stuff. Well, Kniff from a certain time period, right. but because that whole archive is in their university um, uh, library. And again, they display it sometimes, and then you can go see it. But for a national public institution, especially Schomburg, I mean, Schomburg is kind of a big deal. I'm sure you know. <laughs> and that might be an alternative is going to the alma mater. Yeah. You know, if, uh, if that's a possibility, you know, that might do it also. Oh. But I, yeah, I, I would say Smithsonian or, or Library of Congress. Um, um, Brad Meltzer, which is a comic book uh, writer, um, he, he used to, I don't know if he still does, he worked at the Library of Congress and he was, I think, uh, one of the curators. So it might be nice to possibly reach out to him and uh, see if that's still happening because he would be probably the best bet for as a comic book geek or nerd to be like, oh, my God, Schoenberg's archives, I'm going to do something to get these in. So, again, and you can always reach out to us. Yeah, and, and we would love to help. Yeah, I mean, we, especially you know, for Schoenberg. So. It's, it's so hard because all like we, we have talked about this continually, how much stuff was lost. We also don't know what, everything that's out there. Well, it's, again, it's it, still being found in some For magic. example, Schoenberg did a lot of recreations of, of, the, of his more famous covers, I think somewhere between 25 and 50 of them. And those sell very well because those are the only ones that are known to exist. There were the recreations. Right. So anything like that, I mean, that's a big deal. We sold, so. a green, we sold the Green Hornet just recently, Schaumburg, the yeah. cover, a Schaumburg cover, yeah. and that was just fantastic. That's one of the only ones we know well. of. You know, we, I, I don't, you know, listen, we're here to sell, we're here to make money. And there's no, there's no, I'm not, you'll never hear us lie about that. Yeah. That's our job is to make money, to make company money. But, but for also for artists, we geek the yeah. crazy amount out with things like this. And, and we're asked a question like this. It's kind of like, we're like, whoa. And, and particularly for me with artists, uh, we, I try to help them out as much as I yeah. can, especially the estates and stuff like that, because they were very underappreciated at the time and they deserve all the recognition that they, right. that they can get. So. Any other questions, guys? I love that question. Yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate that. And if you do need to contact us, um, please, you can either reach out to me or Xavier. Xavier is at uh, XavierC at, at HA.com or there, uh, Brian, Brian W at HA.com. So. Uh, we would be more than happy to talk to you uh, personally. Yeah. I would, uh, you know, we'll both be in on it, but I would rather you talk to Xavier as far as artwork goes. He knows more. Um, and I'm I just going to ask him anyway. And again, with with that kind of artwork, I'd get the executives involved right. anyway. We so. would we would <laughs> we would make sure we do our due diligence to make sure you're getting the right answer and, and getting the best, uh, getting getting everything the best that we can do for you. So. Right. Any other questions, everybody? Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's um, been a pleasure. We, we really appreciate it. And if you guys got anything else, just feel free to 
drop us an email or send, yeah, and you can always make, hit me up on Heritage Comics Greater. I'm always on Instagram. And, At least oh, I try to be. Or you can always put a comment in, in YouTube as well. So that's why this is the best show on comics <laughs> on YouTube. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. And keep watching because we, we built this up from really small. We just yeah. like, we one day we're like, hey, we should do a podcast. You know, we wanted, you know, we get all these. I, I, I the joke was actually between two ferns. So, the, right. <laughs> the, to be honest with you, I have hated the term influencer for a long yeah. time now. I specifically hate the term influencer because we're the experts. I mean, we're the ones who are, you know, up to our elbows in all this art and all these comics and grading and, and see, figuring and out seeing doing it, every it all. Day. And you've got all these, you know, amateurs that are trying to tell you, hey, you should invest in this $20 book, you know, to make it worth $30 down the line. Well, that's not really the, you know, we're the ones who are there. It's like sometimes we get a lot of uh, Playboy inquiries sometimes. And it's like there's a website that'll say top most expensive oh, Playboys. My God. That website is completely wrong. So again, the most expensive Playboys are the first ones. And, and the most expensive one is number one. And possibly number three with Betty Page, I think it's Whatever the Betty Page so, issue yeah, is. The, the, Betty Pages is also up there. So. And then Jane Mansfield, I mm -hmm. think, is the other one, or whatever her name was. Um, yeah, was yeah. Bridget Bardot. Um, I, I don't remember. I'd have to look so, again. But and then there's an, other websites that'll say the most expensive, like VHS is a Disney that like we're having VHS right, now, right. and that list is completely wrong. So I mean, you can see you can actually now see on our on our historical records on our website which are the most expensive VHSs. Right. So. Well, which is also what you should do. Yes. If, you, if you guys don't know, you Always. don't really need an Overstreet Price Guide to know exactly yeah. what, or GP analysis. We publish all our prices online, and so if you just sign into an account, yeah. you don't even need to put a phone number or address. You, you can just use an email, email and look at all our archives and past sales, sorted by date, whatever. I mean, every Amazing Fantasy 15 we've ever sold has been there for 20 years. And, and you, you can know. just see the whole record of yeah. it. But just go. Just go like this. Whoop. <laughs> yep. Watch watch values. So that's what we're here for. So uh, if you guys don't have any more questions, then uh, that'll be it for us this week. We'll see you in two weeks. My name is Brian Weedman. And I'm Xavier Chavez. Thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate it. And see you two weeks from now. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take care.